You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Chapel, Anaheim. Pastor James is continuing his teaching today in 1 Samuel chapter 28. Right now, though, we're going to begin today's message in Deuteronomy chapter 18, beginning with verse 15. Here's Pastor James with today's message. In Deuteronomy here, chapter 18, verse 15, the Lord says, hey, instead of these things, here's the solution I have for you. It says, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your midst. Now, this is Moses speaking, a prophet like Moses, because Moses would hear from God and speak to the people. He says, from your brethren, one of your kin, him you shall hear according to all you desire of the Lord your God in Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, in the day of the assembly, saying, let me not hear again the voice of the Lord my God, nor let me see this great fire any more, lest I die. So what he's referring to here is at Mount Sinai, when Moses went up to the mountain and received the Ten Commandments, he gathered all the people, before he went up actually, he gathered all the people together, the multitude, and God Almighty spoke audibly to the group the Ten Commandments. And there was smoke, and there was fire, and there was lightnings and thunders, and it was a very dramatic event as God was displaying his power and saying, here are my rules and my laws. This is what I value, and they're serious things. So he was introducing himself to the people of Israel. And they were shaking in their boots. And they said, we don't want to hear the voice of God anymore. It's too terrifying. Moses, you talk to God and tell us what he said. And so it goes on here in verse 17. And the Lord said to me, what they have spoken is good. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their brethren and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I command him. And it shall be that whoever will not hear my words which he speaks in my name, I will require it of him. And so, you know, although God is choosing to speak to his people through prophets rather than directly as he did at Mount Sinai, Jesus is the ultimate prophet that all others are imperfect foreshadows of. They're just a type of Christ. And we're told in the scriptures that God now speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, Jesus. He's speaking of Jesus, his son. And so we saw Jesus. He came to the earth. He was relatable. He was not the fire and the smoke on the mountain and the terrifying voice. Sometimes he was the terrifying voice. Just ask those in the temple who were buying and selling. <laughs> but Jesus went around and he touched people and he healed them and he had 
gentle conversations and he was the express image of the Father. He revealed to us the heart of the Father. And he still speaks to us even to this day through his Holy Spirit and through his Word. And the Bible says that Jesus is the Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And in fact, this scripture we just read in Deuteronomy is speaking specifically of Jesus. It was a prophecy of Jesus coming to be the perfect prophet. And this is made clear in Acts chapter 3, verses 22 and 23, where Peter quotes this passage during his sermon after Pentecost and directly links it to Jesus Christ. And so we know that here in Deuteronomy 15 through 19, it's speaking specifically of Jesus, that prophet. And remember that a prophet has the word of God, hears the word of God, and speaks it and shares it with others. John chapter 12, verse 49, it says, For I have not spoken of my own authority, says Jesus, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say, and what I should speak. And so Jesus, first of all, as God himself, secondly, as, you know, one of the third members of the Trinity, is hearing from the Father and speaking. And so he is the ultimate and perfect prophet. And those who reject his words, God will require that of them. There's going to be a consequence for rejecting the words of Jesus Christ. And so let's not be those people and seeks knowledge or fortune telling or anything like that through any other means other than seeking the Lord. The Bible says to seek him while he may be found. This is the time to have a, a sweet relationship with him and be in communication with him. After all, there's really no relationship without communication. If we don't have a prayer life, if we're not in the Word listening to what he has to say, we're not really in relationship. And so he wants relationship, communication. He wants shared experiences as we serve with him. What a blessing it is to serve with him to go, man, Jesus is right here with me as I'm exercising the gift he's given me. And we feel so close to him as we operate with him. Amen? Now, back in 1 Samuel, chapter 28, verse 4, it says, Then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. Shunem is the valley of Jezreel in Israel, also known as Megiddo where the battle of Armageddon is going to take place. And at the battle of Armageddon, the armies of the world are going to be gathered together against Israel, just like this Philistine army is gathering against Israel in Megiddo here. In the middle of verse 4, it says, So Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. When Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by the prophets. So God is quiet 
Saul is in this terrifying moment where this army, these, you know, this huge army of Philistines is, is coming up against him. It's in the far north. This is a different place than we've seen where the Philistines have been attacking before. And, and apparently they're getting ready to drive through all the way to the Jordan River. And Saul is absolutely terrified. And so he goes to seek the Lord on this and he hears nothing. Nothing from God. God is quiet. Why is God quiet? Well, in Saul's case, we find out it's because of his disobedience and his persistence in disobedience. God finally says, no more. The Bible says that God will not strive with man forever in Genesis 6. You see? He pours out his grace. He gives warnings. He, he gives space to repent, lots of space to repent. But then there's a day of reckoning, and it will come. It's come for Saul. God is quiet. He's not speaking to Saul. And it will come for everybody in the world, the day of reckoning. And that's why it's so important for us not to reject Jesus Christ while we have the opportunity because when you're standing before God and you've rejected Jesus, his son, his only begotten son, whom he sent to die for your sins and my sins, it's too late. Your knee will bow, your tongue will confess, but it's too late. And he'll send you into outer darkness, the day of reckoning. Well, the day of reckoning is coming upon Saul. And so if God's quiet in your life, it could be that it's because you're walking in disobedience and you need to repent. You need to repent. But it's not necessarily that. There's other reasons why God may be quiet for a time. He could be testing you and just saying, look, I want you to walk in faith. I've spoken to you in the past and you're like, I really need an answer on this. And God's saying, wait, wait, keep pursuing me. Come on. Come on, keep pursuing me. Keep pursuing me. And as we continue to pursue him, and he draws us out. And he will speak. He will. But we have the word of God. Anytime you want God to speak to you, you can just read the scriptures, God speaking. Anytime you want God to generally speak to you, you can go out and look at the stars. The Bible says, the heavens declare his righteousness. God is speaking through his creation. When he's quiet regarding that specific word, it could be that for that time he's just testing your faith. Stay close to me. Stay in the word. Keep worshiping me. Keep going to church. Keep seeking me. You know, God may have spoken to you and doesn't want to repeat himself. And that's a good question to ask. If God's quiet in your life, ask yourself, what has he already said? What has he told me? And the next question is, have you obeyed? Or are you still not doing what God has asked? And so you might say, oh God, speak to me. And he'll say, I already have, remember? Do it. Do it. It may be that God's not answering your question or your prayer because it's not good for you to know. He's like, you don't need to know that. I don't want to know how I'm going to die, friends. I don't 
want God to tell me how I'm going to die. And I'm not going to ask him to tell me. Lord, show me my death. No, thank you. And so unless it's really good for you, God won't do it. He told Peter, you're going to die in the similar way that I died. So apparently it was good for Peter to know that. All I need to know is that I'm going to die someday. Thank you, Lord. Unless it's good for me. But, you know, there's some things he just, we don't need to know. If God told me all the trials I'd have to go through to reach the point where I am now, perhaps I wouldn't have done it, <laughs> right? Because we've got to go through things. And so we trust the Lord in his quietness. But again, if there's disobedience, if we're not listening to the Lord and we're obstinate like Saul was, we need to repent and hear from God once again. Verse 7, Then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And so Saul wants control. He's not satisfied with God being quiet. He's going to go sidestep God. And even though he's cast out mediums and spiritists from the land, he's in search of one. And it says in the middle of verse 7, And his servants said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Endor was only four miles from where the Philistines had gathered their army. Verse 8, So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes. See, that's what they do on Halloween to this day. And he went and two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, Please conduct a seance, which is a meeting to call up the dead, for me. And bring up for me the one I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, Look, you know that Saul has, what Saul has done, how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, bring up Samuel for me. Verse 12, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul saying, why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. So this moment for the woman was super surprising. Perhaps she wasn't really expecting Samuel to come up. Maybe she was just one of these money people who make stuff up and then all of a sudden it really happened and she freaked out. Or maybe it was just because it was revealed to her that Saul was the one in disguise and that freaked her out. But however it was, she cried out as she actually has this vision of Samuel coming up from the earth. And verse 13, and the king said to her, do not be afraid. What did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. So he said to her, what is his form? And she said, an old man is coming up and he is covered with a mantle. And Saul perceived that it was Samuel and he stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. And so here comes Samuel up out of the earth in this vision that this woman is having and remember that the Bible teaches us that in Old Testament times, before Jesus rose from the dead, there was a place for the dead, for the souls, and it was called Sheol. 
So picture Sheol, like a house, and it had two big rooms. One was Hades, where the unbelieving went, the Old Testament unbelieving, and the other was Abraham's bosom. That's where Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the believers and those who had faith in God, when they died, their soul went there. And so Samuel is in this place, and then this woman, this medium, begins to call him up, and God obviously gives permission, and, you know, Samuel apparently didn't want to go, and he comes. And listen to Samuel as he comes up, and he says in verse 15, Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Boy, there's some really good news for us here. Number one, Samuel is still, he still exists as a conscious soul, right? And that's good news for you and me, because when we die, that means it's not annihilation, it's not gone, it's not lights out kind of thing, but we go on and we continue to exist. And then secondly, wherever Samuel was, it was better than before because he didn't want to be disturbed (laughs) man what are you doing disturbing me i was enjoying i was just having a conversation with abraham and it was amazing and now you're calling me up to this filthy place again and that's super exciting to me too because you know what when jesus rose from the dead the bible teaches us he went there he went into sheol he preached to those who were in captivity the prisoners that were there And then he took those from Abraham's bosom, and they came home with him into heaven. He emptied that place of all the faith-filled people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Samuel, resurrected at the time of Christ in heaven with the Lord. And I can't wait to go there and be with them too. It's going to be a glorious day. Amen? Amen. And so here. You know, it's amazing because in Matthew 27, when Jesus rose from the dead, first of all, when he died, there was an earthquake, and it says some of the the graves were open. So there's open graves. And then three days later, when Jesus rose from the dead, some of the saints, the Old Testament believers, maybe one of them was Samuel, we don't know, they resurrected and they came up out of the grave, and many people saw them in Jerusalem. Whoa! Whoa! There's people who've been dead and they're now alive. And then, heaven. Wow, what an incredible thing. What an incredible thing. And so then Saul answers Samuel as he asks Saul, hey, why'd you bring me up, man? Saul answered, and this is middle of verse 15, I am deeply distressed for the Philistines make war against me and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore, I have called you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Again, the purpose of going to mediums and psychics and spiritualists is to get knowledge and direction by sidestepping God. And that's what Saul is doing Verse 16, then Samuel said, so why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? Look, Saul, this is pointless. God's not talking to you because he's departed from you and he's become your enemy now. He's coming against you. 
And the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. Verse 18, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord, nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek, therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. You're going to lose. And tomorrow, you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. And so Samuel, the ghost, drops a bomb on Saul and says, tomorrow you and your sons are going to die. You're going to be with me in Sheol. I don't know which side of Sheol Saul was on. When Samuel says, you'll be with me, did he mean with me in Abraham's bosom? Or did he mean with me in Sheol on the other side of the chasm over there in Hades? We'll have to find out when we get there if Saul made it to heaven. Some people like John Corson teach he's in heaven, man. God's grace is huge. Praise God. God's grace is huge. But I tell you something, I don't want anybody looking at my life after I die going, I hope he's there. When you look at his life, well, he said he was a Christian, but look at the way he lived. I hope he made it. That's kind of how we are with Saul, right? So let's be close to Jesus. Let's live in closeness with him. Let's live in such a way that nobody has any doubt that we are in relationship with God and his life is flowing through us to others and our lives are marked by the fruits of the Holy Spirit and by love more and more and more so that when we die at our funeral service people could say with confidence one after the other they lived well for Jesus amen Amen. Verse 20. We're going to just finish up here. It says, Immediately Saul fell full length on the ground and was dreadfully afraid because of the words of Samuel. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. That's a scripture in Hebrews. And there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day or night. Apparently he was fasting either to try and influence God, to try and hear from him, or just because he was distraught by the Philistine armies. Verse 21, And the woman came to Saul and saw that he was severely troubled and said to him, Look, your maidservant has obeyed your voice and I have put my life in my hands and heeded the words which you spoke to me. Now therefore, please, heed also the voice of your maidservant and let me set a piece of bread before you and eat that you may have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. So his servants, together with the woman, urged him, and he heeded their voice. Then he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. Now the woman had a fatted calf in the house, and she hastened to kill it. And she took flour and kneaded it and baked unleavened bread from it. So she brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they rose and went away that night. 
What a depressing scene, you know, here with Saul. This is the Saul that was the great warrior in his beginnings who rescued the people and became the hero of Israel as the anointing of the Holy Spirit was upon him. And now he is in terror and he can't even bring himself to bring his fork to his mouth because of the fear that is upon him and the trembling, because of the choices that he has made in his life and would not repent despite giving opportunity after opportunity after opportunity year after year after year. God has said enough. And so we say today that we're to seek the Lord. Seek the Lord while he may be found. If it's quiet, well, there's a reason. If God's being quiet with you, there's a reason. Listen to his voice, generally revealed in nature and in his word. Repent, be obedient to the last word you got from him. Be patient and persistent in prayer. He will visit you once again. But do not resort to seeking the demonic. Amen? You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you. To let us know how God has touched your life through this program or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get in Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim.